Welcome to Canada's podcast. Business leaders, ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you? Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Bill clearly, grow quickly with Visibill. To calculate your savings, head to Visibill.com today. So Helen, welcome to Canada's podcast. Uh, great to have you on. And uh, I think everyone's going to find a, a, an interesting session. Um, you know, what you're involved in now is very interesting. And although, I, you know, we don't sort of promote, but, you know, before we get too deep into a conversation about your, your, your journey, tell us a little bit, bit about who you are, uh, what you're doing now. Uh, how you got there, uh, you know, three or three, three or four minutes of that that kind of stuff. I think it it it, it lets everybody into the conversation. Well, thank you, Philip, for inviting me to the podcast. Um, it's really great to talk about my journey, and especially in a Canadian context. Uh, yeah, so I'm Helen Konizopoulos. I'm the co-founder of Odea. AI. Uh, we are about five year, a five year old. Uh, startup out of the University of Toronto. And in 2018, we were transferring, I'd be transferring technology out of the university um, and patents that were around customer journeys and process mining. So understanding underlying journeys of, in this case, it was patients, it was, it was citizens, it was customers, but understanding true journeys that someone is taking. What I mean by true is the the reality of a journey and the processes and the, the underlying realities that that someone takes through platforms or services. And I love this. This is this was you know at the time I was an adjunct professor, and I was also running an incubator out of the University of Toronto at the Department of Computer Science, um, and being an anthropology major in the past um understanding journeys and understanding why people do the things they do was was amazing and to be able to use machine learning to deal with all the data and to understand a journey um especially a patient journey i found it fascinating so we incorporated the company in march 2018 and we were able within that year to get a pilot with a pharmaceutical company and it was there to understand a doctor journey to understand a doctor journey, to understand a patient journey, and that interaction they're going to have with with the sales rep, and a sales rep and a doctor journey is under is getting and transferring knowledge transfer of a therapy to a doctor, and that's what we do now. So Dea has created a SaaS platform where sales rep can understand um, past and future prescriptions within a ge- like in geographical trends. And they're able to go and talk to a doctor and be more who are is more who is more receptive to their call and visit and likely to prescribe um, a given treatment. For us, why is this important is eventually these treatments need to get to patients. So the more the doctor knows, the more they can make uh, a decision to give that therapy to to a patient. So yeah, that's what I that's what we do. <laughs> It's cool, you know. It, it it's interesting. I noticed one of the, you mean you, you know you, you sort of started up an incubator and 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 ran it. So I, I I thought this. I mean this question I've asked before, but I think 
your insights into it, especially in terms of, you know, coming from university, commercializing, that kind of trip. You know, do you find that those people that are taking the route to commercialization have to be, have a sort of some kind of entrepreneurial persona that you don't see in others? That's a good question. It's a good, it's a good, it is a very good question. Um, I always wonder if I've always been entrepreneurial, even as a kid. So, you know, my mom worked in a factory and, uh, and my dad worked as a, as a waiter and had a little takeout place down at Dundas and Jervis in Toronto. And he goes, if you can sell more pickles or pickled eggs, you can get money out of it. And as a kid, I was like, okay, how am I going to sell this? You know, and <laughs> mom was always like, you know, if you make more, if you beat for me, you can, you could, um, I'll give you, give you some more money. So I was a kid who had money on because <laughs> I was always trying to figure out ways of, of making more. And I was always trying mm. to, um, like as a teenager, trying to make raver pants. And so it kept on. I was always trying to create my own business in my own way. Um, and coming out of a university, like I didn't come, you know, my whole background is not in academia. It's being a maker. It's being a freelancer. It's a tinkerer. It's. Mm -hmm. who's not coming from that usual background right mm -hmm. and I always wonder when I would meet people in the university there were just some students and some researchers that there was that tinkle in their eye you know that moment when they're like they get really excited about the opportunity but it's beyond getting excited about the opportunity in a research mode it's getting that tinkle in the eye like that twinkle to say wow we can create a business out of it and I'm ready to do it so there's this kind of different, different about the, yeah yeah it's a very different it's excitement about the research but then you got to get excited about they're, the they're running a retail outlet for pickled eggs kind of thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think you know is you you are an entrepreneur what what what's what do you like best about being an entrepreneur and you, you know, you, you you said you didn't sort of grow up in academia. I'm am just curious in terms of that 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 side of you. It's it's a love hate relationship, I think, with academia. Um, you know, I was always kept after school for being a bad kid. Um, always like mischievous. <laughs> so I and I still I I still think I have that. Um, but I love books and I love reading and I love learning and I love, I would sneak onto campus at U of T when I was a kid just to listen to the lectures. So I would skip normal school to go onto campus just to watch an archeology span lecture. Um, and that was more fascinating. I mean, of course I didn't have to do the work for that lecture after I didn't have to end mm -hmm. an assignment. Um, but I think it's for me, school was something that was exciting and, and amazing and interesting but it also was very boring and so my boredom had to be kind of balanced with other stuff I was doing so always work 
or creating something else and creating something. So I'd always had to balance that kind of academia love and hate. Um, Cause I, I'm very hard. Like it's hard for me to deal with structure. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I'm answering it correctly. See, as always, I go off on a, on a bit of a tangent of trying to figure out balancing. Cause I love school, but I also don't like the structure of it. So I don't know if Philip that answered your, you know, <laughs> well, you know, in 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 the, the the sort of the innovation side, commercialization side, um, what do you think the biggest challenge that those sort of academic entrepreneurs have to overcome <clears throat> to get to get commercial success? I think it's letting go of what they think entrepreneurship is and what it is to build a business and then be open to listen to advisors and other founders and investors and be open to hear about their stories. I think when you, and you've been a coach, you know, you've been an advisor, you've been through the process where there's that point there's that point or a question where it says, are they coachable? You know, mm-hmm. you know, a VC always asks, right? You know, and mm-hmm. I bet you've been asked, you know, do you think this team is coachable? And that is the part where are they? So the ones I feel who have been coachable, and what we mean by coachable is, are they willing to hear about feedback? Are they willing to take advice and roll with it? Are they able to understand the negatives and the positives and are they able to take it in and say you know what I think I think you might be right you know and I think the coachability part I think is really really important the teams and the academics who were successful were the ones who could be coached and who are willing to do the work right so it, it not only the getting coached but it's also it willing to hear yes I agree that the next step is the willing to do the work and I think that's that's I think one of the the second parts to it and the third is I would say the riskiness because there are many years you're not going to get awarded or ever like rewarded for you're not going to get an award or like you're not going to get rewarded for something for a very long time um and you don't know if you're gonna ever if you're gonna meet that point you know so I think it's the risk so I think coachability, ability to do things, take the and then take the risk. So moving that to you, what do you see as your biggest challenge in your future as an entrepreneur? Am I seeing an um am I giving myself enough vision of where we could go? We have a vision of transforming the patient journey and transforming that doctor-patient relationship. I always wonder how big we can go and not, mm-hmm. not staying small. I think that's where I think I'm, you know, because you're you're in the day, day in day work, you kind of get overwhelmed. 
you know, you're dealing with HR or you're dealing with, um, you know, a client or you're, you're dealing with marketing and you're dealing with the everyday items. I think it's being able to step back at this moment and being able to see a bigger strategic landscape and see a bigger vision. So I think at this moment, I think it's opening up my mind more to the possibilities. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. Business leaders, ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you? Our platform won't just save you money, it'll help you grow so that you make more money. Bill clearly, grow quickly with Visibil. To calculate your savings, head to visibil.com today. What advice, again, you've seen this, and would you give someone, an entrepreneur, looking to start a business, commercialize, you know, uh, research, uh, what what is what advice? What's the best kind of advice you could give that person? It's I gave it last night. I still teach. I still teach um, a product development course and an entrepreneurship course. It's at the University of Toronto, the Department of, Department of Computer and Mathematical Sciences. And just what I say to my students now: you got to talk to users. You got to talk to people, and especially that I work with computer scientists, engineers, uh, data scientists, people who are very on the like the quantitative side of, of the work, the qualitative part, gathering stories and understanding user journeys and understanding why your user is doing something and going a bit deeper, I think is really hard for them. And I think that's kind of the the part that I think that is the most interesting. That's what fuels people. It fuels the stories of a user having a problem or finding an opportunity. Or um, I think what I always tell academics is you've got to talk to users. You cannot leave it up to your PhD students or your students to do the research. You need to do the research. You need to be in front of your customers. You got to be in front of your users and you got to be talking to them all the time. Coming back to you again, if you could go back in time, say 10, 15 years, what advice would you give yourself? That's a hard one, Philip. <laughs> I've been asked it, and I think uh, in the past too, but um, I think my advice, I think, is the same. I don't think I would change because you can't, you know, it's, 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 it's a slippery slope of going back. Um, I always gave myself, I was going on a highway. I was in Spain and instead of starting a business, I had raised money to start a business to open up a studio, a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. I know it's interesting. Another story there, Phil. <laughs> um, and I remember I go, no, I'm going to take the money and just go and backpack through Europe. I mean, it's cliched, but it was amazing. And I was going by a highway and it, I don't know what advertising was, but it said, take courage. And I just remember thinking, yes, like whatever negatives were happening or positives, it was just always having the courage just to step forward and go up to that person and talk, go up to that opportunity and just make it happen. 
and mm-hmm. I've never been afraid of being embarrassed. And I, I think that's the advice I have is, you know, it's, it happens, man. I'm so not perfect. And I don't say perfect things, but I have the courage to say them at least. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, I mean, what, what, so what's the best piece of advice you've been given that you kind of carry? That sounds like one you have found, but what's the best piece of advice that you've been given that you kind of, it's always there kind of thing? It was um, my geography teacher. I hated when he said, said it, but it's, um, and I keep on like reversing it. Um, was it failing to prepare? Is preparing to fail. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I remember, you know, you're a young kid and you're like, okay, I get it. You know, um, that prepare, like that preparedness is not only getting ready for a pitch or getting ready for, for what you're, you know, for your board meeting. It's also getting ready for anything that comes your way you know, anything that might happen is kind of preparing yourself. So I always think about um, how do I center myself and say, I'm good right now where I'm at. I've tried my best. I'm always learning. I'm always trying my best to prepare myself. Of course, there are times when there's that other, the other saying where I think I always use it with my students is, um, you know, you, you have a great plan until you get punched in the face. Who is that again? Mike Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's me more, maybe not punched, but there's a little bit of a, like a little bit of a tweak of a little bit of like, uh, there's Mm. a, (laughs) there's a fall, usually a tripping. Um, But I try to prepare myself as much as I can, but Mm. I let myself like, just have fun with it. And I think having people around me who are just, amazing and talented and prepared at what they're really good at helps you be prepared too right so it's you can't do everything you cannot do everything so i noticed i mean you're an evangelist here adjunct professor here so maybe this is a silly question if you weren't doing what you you know what you're doing now what would you doing instead but you seem to have moved into having two or three channels of of uh you know of focused channels anyway kind of thing. always give someone busy more work philip is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> you know um i would say right now i'm i'm an lp in in three funds that just started about two years ago. Okay. And, uh, you know, one is like Archangel, the Firehood, um, Genesis Ventures in Europe and Northside. And I think the, I, I don't think I could not continue working with startups. I think I would, I love innovation. I love businesses. I love when I see sales happen. When I hear someone talk about they've just made a sale or they're, increasing i just i feel like i'm that kid again in my dad's store right i just get so excited um and i think i'm just going to continue doing that i think i'm just going to continue helping people create and trying to build an ecosystem continuously like we're supporting it we have an awesome ecosystem you know it's just trying to grow it 
continuously. So what book are you currently reading? And I kind of expand that to podcasts you're listening to, books you're listening to, whatever, because you know we don't not everyone gets a chance to read it, read these days. Um so it's almost Halloween. So um I don't want to put the date on anything, but um it's almost the season where I usually um I, I always read Frankenstein or or Dracula, but this year I think it's Frankenstein is the is the perfect book. I've read it many times. Um and I think it's perfect at this time with generative AI. So I'm reading, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of um not anything specific, just ones that are talking about generative AI and just mm-hmm. more on the intersection of human collaboration. Because that's all I think about these days is how to make things more accessible. Because that's my life changed because I had accessible access I had access to technology to do things and to create a career and and to create mm-hmm. and tinker and, and do stuff. So right now it's a uh, Frankenstein with it's kind of keeping my humanities arts thinking. It's my ethics book, I think, <laughs> at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then um just listening to a lot of um listening to conversations like past conferences I haven't gone to yet or um like I, I haven't been able to attend because always working. So I'm, I'm listening to a lot of more of the interesting aspects of where we can take machine learning and like how big we can create a crazy general AI, you know. You a morning or a night person? Night, but it's sad because I've had to turn into a morning person. And mm-hmm. that person inside is, is crying every time I have to get up early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, nighttime, read that book. You know, you want to. <laughs> if you had to pick one word to describe Helen, what would it be and why would you choose that word? Man, you've got good questions. Um, my too Greek to say bathos, uh, like it's a it's a mixture of passion and kind of. Did I get the right word? Should, um, it's the it's the passion. Yeah, it's the excitement. Yeah, it's, it's the twinkle. Great, right. That's a great word. That's a great word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh there's other um okay, so I have a question for you because I it's a yeah. meme going around. Um how many times do you think about the Roman Empire? Um not a lot, but you know, we we seem to be a, a, some something of a decline and fall culture and extremism and uh and Rome, that was Rome's culture. Um, so yes, I I I I think about it as one of the cultures that we're kind of going backwards. As I do think at the moment, I think you know culturally, politically, uh, economically, et cetera, et cetera, that we're moving backwards, not forwards. Uh, maybe AI and machine learning can actually help on that. I don't know. 
was a good it's a good answer because I'm always you know it's a meme going on around right now and yeah. I, I don't know if I I, I I naturally think about the Roman Empire as a classics major too so yeah. <laughs> I think about it often I think daily yeah. really I don't yeah. know um you know but yeah that was a I hope <laughs> yeah. hey, I always wonder if people see that yeah what's keeping you up at night apart from the Roman Empire aside from the Roman Empire yeah um Am I good? Am I doing a good job? Mm -hmm. That's what I think about. You know, I think about am I are my employees okay? Is my co-founder okay? Is um are our customers okay? Like, are we doing the best we could? Um, is my family okay? Of course, you know what I mean. Like, it's just a worry mm -hmm. thing, right? Because I I take care of my elderly mom, and uh, and you know. Is my husband okay? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, he just uh, he's awesome. Um, but the I I worry. I, I'm thinking, am I doing the best I can? And I got to be careful about that. I think for anyone, uh, you got to be careful when you um you got to kind of settle down because you're not going to sleep. You got to kind of settle and say, okay, you, you know what? You're 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 on the path you need to be on. You know and if you weren't worrying, if you were not worrying, if you're not nervous before an interview, if you're not nervous before, as one of my archaeology professors said, his dad told him, if you're not nervous before a lecture, before you talk to your students, then maybe you should be retired. <laughs> like if you're not excited or, or nervous about going to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Um, then you should just you should just end that. And I think I'm nervous every time I speak to my students, my employees, my customers, because I want to make sure I'm doing a good job, right? Like I want to make sure I'm I'm getting through okay. Right. But I'm also very the double side of everything as I have in my life is I'm really good at just forgiving myself and saying, you know what, shit happens, man. Just let it go. You, you know, people will see you. And if they like you, they like you. If they don't, it's all good. There's other people they can like. Good. Real fun, fun session. That's, that's, oh. that's some good stuff in there. How can people get hold of you if they uh, if they want to help? So um, LinkedIn. Just look at Helen is social for LinkedIn. And I think my Instagram is, if you want more fun, weird, random stuff that I post, um that's helen is social as well for instagram i love those i i just love instagram i just love posting pictures yeah thanks for coming on the canada's podcast really thank good. you so much for inviting me <laughs> this was fun business leaders ready to cut costs and boost growth with a recurring billing solution that's built for you our platform won't just save you money it'll help you grow so that you make more money build clearly grow quickly with visibil to calculate your savings head to visibil.com today